This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. And I said, I want to win the league, but I want to win it better. You can understand that, can't you? Yes. Good luck. So he's almost like having a second captain in the team. <laughs> second captain, first captain, whatever. That was a nice, lively final day of the National Football Leagues yesterday. Galway avenging their All-Ireland defeat to Kerry Monaghan, <laughs> surviving yet again on the final day of Division 1. Araman Ushin taking Wicklow up to Division 3 at the first attempt. And Stephen Cluxton reintroducing himself to the GA world by taking part in the goalkeeper Dublin goalkeeper warm-ups against Loud with the classic Cluxton combo of minimum of fuss yet maximum shock value. Welcome to the pod. Hey Murph. Hey Ken. <laughs> hey Owen. How's it going? Hello there Ken. Hey Owen. How are you? That was low key. That was low key. So Cluxton is suddenly... I, just, I got a text from a friend going, Cluxton is back! And I was like, what? I, th- I thought it was a big reveal in one of the Sunday papers or something. But no, Cluxton was just casually involved in the warm-ups with the other goalkeepers there. Jerry Grogan, the Croke Park PA man, announces him among the subs. Dublin GA tweets, among the, our substitutes, Stephen Cluxton will wear number 16, Paul Mannion will wear number 24, and Paddy Small wears number 26. It was bizarre, Murph, and everyone's wondering how the hell that all came together. Oh, man. I mean, I was at Galway and Kerry in Salt Hill yesterday, and, you know, when you're in the game, I you know I try I try to avoid being, uh, being on my phone during a football game. So at halftime, I took out my phone. <laughs> it was like... The same message was in eight different WhatsApp groups <laughs> with small variations in, in each, basically being, holy shit, <laughs> Stephen Glucks is back playing for Dublin. <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, I was sitting in a stand in Salt Hill uh, reeling from this, but I mean, I knew as much about it as everyone else did in every other stadium, including in Crow Park, uh, which is that he wasn't there. I mean, he never retired, of course. No, he never yeah. retired. So, so Cluxton, so he's been gone since 2020 was his last year. He never officially retired, which made things rather awkward for his manager in 2021 when Farrell kept being asked about the situation mm. and didn't have any clear answers because it, apparently Stephen Cluxton wasn't giving any 
any clearer answers behind the scenes as he than he was publicly. So that was tricky for Desi Farrell. There was none of that last year. I, I don't remember any of it anyway. I think by last no, year we, we were moving on. Cluxton was finished, <laughs> ready to move on. But now he's back, Ken. What do you think? You happy? I'm puzzled. Yeah. Um, is he not sort of? I thought he he was retired. <laughs> this is the point. N- never officially, Ken. Never officially. Are, are we? And also, you, you you can officially retire and then come back from retirement as well. I suppose that is mm. worth pointing out. But in this case, he just had had seemingly walked away. But it's just but because he's back in. he's um, he's he's a, such a uh, important figure in the dressing room in the setup in the hotel. A uh, good man around the hotel. I don't think there's any doubt about that. Stephen Cluxton, yes, a very good man around the hotel. But if I was the Dublin keeper, uh, and O'Hanlon's been very good in the league this year. I mean, he's been very good. He hasn't been as good as Stephen Cluxton has been over the course of his career. I mean, that's clear. But then again, no one else has yeah. been. Um, but he has been growing into the role. He's been good. Some of his kickouts have been very good. He's made a couple of important saves. I mean... I don't know how he feels, uh, you know, or how he felt. But last Murph, his week his standards and his standards will be driven forward by Stephen Cluxton's presence. He's he's yet another Dublin goalkeeper that has to sit there. This has been going on for twenty years, where these talented Dublin number twos and threes, uh, in often cases, go through entire careers getting one league game. Oh, and even uh, and even then, yeah. they haven't. Cluxton was never that uh, enamored of the idea of why don't you just sit no. this week this no. weekend out there, yeah, Stephen? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. Well, I give I the, mean, well, well, I give the, I'm just going to give the what Farrell actually said about it. He said, Stephen's been back in training a couple of weeks. He's fit and healthy. We've had a couple of goalkeeping injury woes. Evan Comfort hasn't played football this season yet. He's working his way back to full recovery. Another goalkeeper who was with the under-21s got injured. So Stephen has stepped into the breach. We're delighted to have him. Great to have his experience in leadership. Asked whether or not he will, will start at some point if he's ready to play. I think so, knowing Stephen. The competitive juices are still there. He'll be doing his best at training for the next few weeks. Stephen has always said he'd make himself available if we had injury issues. That is the way it turned out. So mm. that's what Farrell Again, is saying. About f- it. Like you're saying, O'Hanlon's not injured. You know, he's he's yeah, yeah. doing reasonably well and he's not injured, so he can't be too happy. Go on. Yeah, and, and again, Desi Farrell kind of talking as if Stephen Cluxton being on the Dublin team has nothing to do with him. <laughs> do you know, this whole idea is like, well, he's, you know, he always said he'd come back in and he's not uh, here to sit around. On this. I mean, would it have killed Desi Farrell to say we're very happy with how O'Hanlon has been playing? He's done exceptionally. He's done, uh, he hasn't made any mistakes. We thank Stephen for coming in at short notice uh, to cover the goalkeeping position. But I mean... Again, it's just that part of it always has bothered me. You know, it bothered me in 2021 when Desi Farrell wasn't taking control of the situation, which is to say, Stephen, are you playing or not? No. If you're not prepared to give me an answer, well, I'll make give you an answer. We're moving ahead with the people we have. Uh, and then, and again, this time around, it kind of seems like I don't know. It, it, I think just, I saw him say elsewhere. I, I I think I saw him say elsewhere elsewhere that we we asked him back because there's an injury crisis and he's answered the call. Mm. I, so I don't know I, I, it's what way that conversation goes what's what funny is you know when the like when the two boys came back um, McCaffrey and Mannion that was unbelievably exciting now a third mm. player back from yeah the great Dublin team of uh, the well, recent uh, past is there a point it, where you have to say hold on surely you should be building yeah you're a denizen of the hill um, you've been a part you, you're an associate member of Hefo's army all the way back to uh, 83 and the Dirty Dozen you'd call them the 12 apostles on wouldn't you? Um, why don't you why don't you tell us what you think about Stephen Cluxton coming coming back and 
uh, rather than it being like a, a, a micro, you know, will he improve Dublin's options in the goalkeeping department? What do you think it says about Desi Farrell's reign and about where Dublin are at presently that Stephen Cluxton has been brought well, back that's what to Dublin? Basically, role? yeah, well, that's the point I'm making. It, to me... It sounded like you were asking a question on rather than, rather than giving me an answer, though, you know? It uh, hints at desperation. There's your answer. It is... I would have hoped by this stage of Desi Farrell's reign he'd have moved on. But Paul Flynn has talked to us about how important it is to, has been for Dublin to try to find their own style over the last few years, which I'm not sure they've necessarily done. You're emerging from the shadow of this great team, right? And Desi picks off on All-Ireland in his first year. It's been a real struggle since then in a lot of ways. And not that you need a clean break. And obviously if players are coming back and saying they're available and they're top players, it's difficult to say no we don't want you and I don't think that should have been the case with the two others it just feels with Cluxon as well it's like who's next you know Bernard Brogan Dermo is Dermo going to come back in the middle of the championship <laughs> I, you, you, you'd have liked to have thought that they'd have moved on enough at this stage that they wouldn't need to do this um uh, yeah, and you know, have. like it, it is like. Goal. By the way, that's not that's probably not representative. I'd say most. I'd say I'm sure most of them fans. Yeah, if, if he, like, I'm saying all this now. If Cluxon's playing in the middle of the white, the white hot heat of an All Ireland final, and gets Dublin over the line with an amazing save and some great kickouts and a, and a free, up, well, you know, I'd, I'd be as happy as anyone else. It's just I'm, I'm I feel a little, just a little bit uneasy about it at the moment. Yeah. And you know, like, it's not like he's another option that can play in like five or six different, like, say Paul Mannion c- comes back in. That's, you know, that might be bad news for Paddy Small or Killian O'Gara. But, you know, you, that's grand. You know, like, they, they have five other forward positions to also try and uh, stake a claim for. I mean, you know, if you're O'Hanlon or Michael Shield or if you're um, Evan Comerford, it's like, well, okay, great. But, like, that to me screwed then do you know what I mean <laughs> like uh, Evan Comerford served his apprenticeship long enough under uh, under Stephen Cluxton so it is yeah Paul, Paul, Paul Mannion also Paul Mannion is 29 Jack McCaffrey is 29 yeah. Stephen Cluxton is 42 and, and also in the case of McCaffrey and Mannion there's a bit of they, they've missed a couple of prime years and yeah. it's it's almost and, and they're still in they're prime looking at going, well they can they can make up for that yeah they, they could have a few great years whereas what more can Cluxton really do to burnish his legend yeah. I don't know but yeah, it's, uh, uh, just kill, it's just killing, it's a the, just killing the buzz of Dublin GA fans who are probably quite excited about. This, yeah, I but. wonder what I, I wonder what is the what is the listen. I'm training tomorrow evening with a lot of Dublin GA. Fans. How about I report back to, uh, tomorrow report evening? Report back. <laughs> people can email back. People can tweet back. In fact, yes. we got this nice email about uh, an unrelated GA matter at the weekend. I've got a call here. That says you're the most boring, predictable, condescending interviewer around. Go back to lecturing. You have the charisma of a sick bag. Oh God, that's just it. I just Whoa. mentioned not you, not me. Okay, ain't nobody fucking with my click, 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 click. Ain't nobody fresher than my mom. We don't normally click, broadcast all click, the, the stuff that click, comes from scum click, around the country. Click. Niall McClough says, Howie lads, any chance of a special podcast on the hardest game in world sport over the last decade? Trying to relegate Monaghan. Fifth smallest <laughs> county by size, fourth smallest by population, second longest run in Division 1. Even when it's not just in our hands, we managed to pull it out of the fire in the last round of the league, time after time. Today didn't include any last minute points deep into injury time. It did include the rare sight of Monaghan men and women cheering on Tyrone. Not only that, but a healthy dose of people were actually delighted with a last minute cynical Tyrone foul. 
as it looked like Armagh might break up the pitch when chasing scores. Politics might make strange bedfellows, but the constant victims of Tyrone dark arts being forced to revel in these same arts felt wrong. But tomorrow we will wake up in Division 1 and such dirty temporary alliances will be forgotten. If Monaghan could take the spirit of Round 7 league games into the Championship, we'd have a handful more Ulster titles, maybe even an All-Ireland final appearance or two under the belt. Says not. I think that's five times in nine years they've survived on the yes. final day. Is that right? Yes, five <laughs> times in nine years. That's impressive. And they've been behind in, I think, three of those games going... They've been relegated in three of those games going into injury time. <laughs> Only to pull it out of the bag. As I was saying, there are no uh, last minute. I mean, they did get a penalty in the last minute, but that was just burnishing, further burnishing a six-point win. Uh, turning a three-point win over Mayo into a six-point win over Mayo. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a hell of a story. Now, I mean, events did play their part yesterday, uh, given the fact that Mayo made a ton of changes from... Um, uh, the team that had played against Donegal the week before, uh, with given the fact that they had already qualified for the league final and are playing Roscommon in uh, the championship the week after the league final. So this was an ideal opportunity for uh, Kevin McStay to rotate the squad, and rotate he did, uh, much to the benefit of Niall McLove and his uh, fellow Monaghan brethren. <laughs> uh, yeah, but hey, listen, yeah. you know, the table don't, the That's table do, do not include any, uh, there are no asterisks on uh, the Division 1 table in 2023. Monaghan, survive. You were at the Galway game, you said. Did you see that uh, Galway number 26 whacking the ball at the carry lad after the full-time whistle? <laughs> I didn't see it live, but I actually, I saw it on the highlights. Yeah. That, that was a complete accident, obviously, Owen. Um, well, he, was, he was trying to deliver a, 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 a searching delivery in towards... A long ball after, after the final whistle. Fans already on the pitch. Suddenly, the poor... I don't, I don't even know what carry player it was. I know he, he was poleaxed. Pole, I, I think it was this, Jason Foley, but I'm not entirely sure. It was by a Galway player. It was. It did hit a yeah. sensitive area on. Um, I think it would the, the area. Oh, was the, that what it was? the landing area? The landing area. I think did more damage than the the velocity of the oh, ball. No. Oh god! Uh, I believe yeah. I'm, I'm, that I'm, was I'm my so read on there. this up now. Well, yeah. What about the game itself? What, uh, avenging last year's All Ireland. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's. I, I I think we need to beat them a little later in the year for it to be revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, if 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 uh, I was a member of that uh, Gold West squad, I th- I don't think this counts as revenge somehow. But nevertheless, it was. Uh, I actually thought it was a, a really good game of football, and the side of David Clifford like giving the ball away four times in a row and kicking two wides in the first 15 minutes was objectively hilarious on any level. (laughs) Now, uh, uh, at halftime, I was like, God, Clifford's not... And then I was like, actually, wait, he's given the last hand pass for, I think, all of Kerry's scores, or a lot of them anyway. Um, So he makes an impact. And he kicked a free in the second half in a way that I've actually never seen before. I was annoyed because I only got a chance to watch the highlights last night. And I I really wanted to see it uh, on television but it was one of those like insanely uh, high-legged kicks of his and the ball was spinning backwards through the air as it like dropped with uh, a high level of uh, aesthetic pleasure on the roof of the Galway net from like the basically the corner flag the 14-yard line and on and on the sideline and I was just looking at my brothers who were at the game with me and I was like did you st- see how that ball was travelling through the air it's like, legitimately I've never seen a ball travel like that before um, so that was uh, that was good 
Uh, Sean Kelly was uh, magnificent for Galway. And also, in a weird way, he was made a number of rampaging runs from fullback. And uh, I was on to a couple of people after the game. And a couple of people said he played too defensively in the Ireland final. And that is the sort of thing that rather than it being a revenge mission, you do kind of think about like specific matchups that might have worked out better in the Ireland final uh, or matchups that you maybe we could have tried to manoeuvre into being for yesterday's game as well but that was one thing you know yeah. that Sean Kelly was so preoccupied with stopping David Clifford an impossible job anyway that maybe getting him running back the way even though Clifford doesn't really follow uh, track runners uh, all that much I mean he still found himself back in the Kerry 45 uh, a number of times yesterday just because everyone else was marauding, marauding forward so he had to fall, uh, track Sean Kelly and so there was kind of that question being asked that, God if if Kelly had actually uh, put his head down and gone on a number of these runs in the Ireland final it would have been dangerous but maybe it also would have been the right thing to do <laughs> given the fact that Clifford was on such a rampage the other end anyway on a scoring rampage mm. so yeah it was like the, the, the these are the questions you ask rather than saying well that's last year's Ireland final taken care of <laughs> yeah, that's that box. All right, Oshin is back on the pod today after masterminding Wicklow's promotion on a dramatic final day in Division 4. We'll have more GA chat later in the week for World Service members. A Republic of Ireland versus France review pod after the game will be out tomorrow. That's for members only. The preview is available to everyone and has been in your podcast feeds since late last night. So check that one out to become a member. Sign up on secondcaptains.com. Now let's catch up with an old friend. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And the goalkeeper is coming up. They're bringing the goalkeeper, Shane Ryan. And he plays full forward for the club. He's the free taker. And it's going to rest on his shoulders now. Well, he's been sent back now. The goalkeeper has been told that Sean O'Shea will take this one.
Well, Division 4 of the Allianz Football League lies in tatters this morning, laid waste to by the marauding Wicklow footballers who march on to the league final and on to Division 3 next year under their hotshot rookie inter-county manager, Ushie McConville. Ushie, <laughs> congratulations. Well, lads, good to be back. How's the form? Oh, the form is good. The form, the form, form is very good. That's a, that, that's a hell of a day yesterday. Yeah, it was a brilliant day. Um, we've had a... <laughs> Let's just say it hasn't been straightforward, but we got there in the end, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's obviously the understatement. But uh, yeah, look, at even when we did, we had the job done yesterday, I wasn't sure what way the other game was going because we... Uh, I, I said to everybody, backroom team... Uh, subs, um, anybody who I knew who was in the um, stand, I said, listen, just keep your phones away. Um, they'll be looking at your phones. Um, we scored our second goal and I turned around and it was like the it was like the stock exchange. Uh, every <laughs> single person <laughs> in my A-line had their phone out. So uh, it was one of those days. It was one of those days where... Um, well, yeah, I know everybody was obviously. It wasn't just about our result. We had we were defending on other results, which is not exactly ideal uh, when you're in that situation. But look, it worked out for us, which is great. So, when did that result come through? When the full time whistle blew, had you had the message come out, or did you have to wait a couple of minutes to find out that you were that you were up? When the when the full time whistle blew, <coughs> we were aware there was still probably five minutes left in the game in the other game, uh, and then we had a couple of false downs as you do in this situation where the crowd went yes. uh, and had a big cheer and uh, then I had people beside me going actually it's not over then I had somebody beside me who had actually got the commentary on and then we had another cheer but I was still listening to the commentary so I knew the game was still going on <laughs> but eventually eventually it ended and uh, after a lot of confusion we realised that the Slego had indeed done the job and, and that meant that we would go up and we could obviously get a day out in Crow Park as well which is um which is another um, another plus as far as as we're concerned, and uh, I suppose, and and like we are a fairly young team. Well, actually, we're a very young team if we're going to be honest about it. And for them to have the opportunity at this early stage to to get to Crow Park and play that game is uh, will be another step along the way of where we want to go. You know. Well, you said that game felt like the other game felt like it kept going on forever. It should have gone on a bit longer, according to Andy Moran, the Leitrim manager, and an old colleague of yours and ours here. Yeah, I actually seen that. I didn't, I didn't realize that until until last night. Um, I think there was another thirty seconds or something to be played. But look at <laughs> time is irrelevant really for for uh, for Wicklow people after yes, we can understand the <laughs> I can understand the annoyance from his point of view. But look at the end of the day, you know we. It's not ideal when you're relying on other results, and probably if we're going to be honest about it, really shouldn't have come down to that for us. We had a few, we had a few days where we just didn't, we didn't see the games out, and and that all almost come back and bit us. But I'm glad it didn't because I think on the overall scheme of things, having only lost one game, it would have been harsher. I'd be not gone up. Yeah, and you know, like, dude, like, we'll probably talk about the fact and the final is against your old buddy Tony McIntyre, who did you that favor last night or yesterday with his Sligo team beating Leitrim. But over the course of the whole league, as you say, you've only been beaten once, but it hasn't been plain sailing. I mean, you started with a draw against Carlo that was marked by a couple of really sloppy goals. And I mean, that's that's all we saw. All we saw were the goals, but they were sloppy. Then you lost to Sligo. I haven't taken a couple of beatings in the O'Byrne Cup as well. So there must have been plenty of times when you were asking, particularly early on, 
like what the hell have I gotten myself into here and so to turn it around from there to get promoted is that like that in itself over the course of the last seven weeks has been a bit of a journey yeah and I suppose the, the good thing really is like as much as you know I'll, I'll probably spend the next number of weeks complaining about the fact that we you know that we're losing bodies and and you know the games are coming a little bit too thick and fast for our like and maybe at this stage but uh, the thing was, we were rolling from one game to the next. Uh, like I said to the lads yesterday, like completely my fault that we we started the way we did because we literally never we didn't play a challenge match. Our first challenge match basically was the Auburn Cup game um, against Dublin and Bolton last. Um, and we played against Offaly and we didn't play oh, yeah, another well, she, game until we I, played in the league I was at that game in Bolton Glass with uh, Paul Rouse and Thomas oh no wait actually neither of them were there but I was there I just want yeah. you to remember that Oshin okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I don't want anybody hurting Thomas's feelings at this stage cause he and I hope I hope he doesn't realise I'm on the podcast back on the podcast as well because he does get very very jealous <laughs> but yeah, no. I suppose we, we were look. We were a little bit behind behind um, as far as uh, prep goes. I think we put a lot of stock into um, how we were physically. I suppose going into those games and and uh, you know by the time we got to the Offaly game, you know we played an almost completely different different team. So and then. You know, we have to sort out a squad at that stage. I think we were running with maybe 48, 49 players and we had to try and get that down to uh, 35. So, uh, you know, we we really weren't... Re- when the league started, we really weren't ready. And uh, and I would put, I would put a lot of stock on, on what happened early on and uh, my inexperience and naivety as far as, you know, how much we'd be able to... Um, learn football-wise in a, in a short period of time. So uh, that was a steep learning call for me. And luckily enough, we didn't end up paying the ultimate price. But certainly that stuff that went on early on, we should have had a lot more football played. We should have been on the pitch a lot more. But again, as I say, we were thinking more longevity. We were thinking of the of the, of the the season as a whole and uh, making sure that we have as many fit players come to important games. And hopefully... That will stand to us, but um, as I say early on, we paid the price, the ultimate price. Have you had many moments like that where you've said, shit, I got that wrong? Uh, yeah, like the, the funny thing is, uh, Murph, that it's not even the stuff during matches because there's only a, I actually think there's only a certain amount of influence you can have. Uh, and you know, you know, making a call based on you, you know, your, like your hunch as far as you know what's going to work here and what's not going to work. Uh, so there've been little things along the way that we would have got wrong, that I would feel that we got wrong maybe as a management team, but ultimately I think the the big things are um, how you manage uh, it from one week to the next. So when we when we start out, we realise you know there's a cluster of games. So but we we really feel as if we have a lot of learning to do. So you need to train on Tuesday. You need to train on Thursday, regardless of what where the bodies are and regardless of how that leaves you for the weekend. Because you just have that much to learn. You have that much to catch up on. Um, every game, uh, you you know you're you're coming across a different obstacle and. You know, teams are set up differently, so you have to prepare in that way. And then we had to start listening to the lads themselves, and like the lads themselves were saying, "Listen, you know, there's a we're doing a serious body of work here, and uh, the load is just too much." So we we've eased off uh, really in the last three weeks, and that we we basically are playing, recovering, one training session, uh, analysis, and into the game. 
and uh, and we look a lot fresher as a result of that. So yeah, so they're the things that you sort of learn along the way, and and I suppose the key is to is to listen to the players as much as you can, not too much, obviously, but uh, as much as you can, you know. Obviously, the start of the year was a little up and down. You did a small corporate event with Owen McDevitt and you've been unbeaten since. So how much credit does McDevitt <laughs> deserve for this turnaround? Sh- shout out to Fulham Irish GA Club. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that, that was, that was, uh, that was actually, the, that, we, we actually played London that day and uh, we beat London and since that, uh, it's all gone uh, in the right direction. And I think those mm. words of inspiration and those few tips that Owen gave me on that occasion yeah. uh, are yeah. standing us in good stead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll, they'll stay between us, Murph. Nobody, nobody's going to find out what <laughs> was involved in that pep talk. Because yeah. neither of you can remember. Yeah. <laughs> See the little nuggets about like kicking the ball over the bar and all that. Like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. had forgotten. Inside, you just can't buy. Crucial. Yeah. yeah. Aim for the black spot, straight over the black spot. That's the way to do it. The in terms of the the, the confidence that the, the team feels to have a moment like that. I, I know. I, I, look, ideally, you win every game. You're comfortable. All that sort of stuff. But to have a, a moment like that, I'm sure the players, the, the dressing room must have been amazing. It was, it's great, particularly for for some of the younger lads that might not have played that much intercounty football yet. Yeah, and there's a lot of lads in there who are who are learning the trail as they go along. But yeah, it was a really good buzz about yesterday. We stopped in a a pub outside Waterford and we had a pint together. We haven't had a, an opportunity to have that, and uh, we jumped back in the bus and and everybody uh, went their separate ways. Yeah, um, after uh, it's like it's almost like it for me to go to Waterford through Bolton Glass is almost like a it's like a day trip. Or it's actually contemplating um, staying somewhere overnight but it's, it's a long track down the road but even just to stop and get an hour together and have a point we, as I say we haven't had the opportunity to do that the form was good and, and you know as I said to the lads last night I mean we could do 40 training sessions and we wouldn't get the value that we would just sitting around and having a bit of crack with each other we watched a bit of the hurling and uh, we got, as I say we got up the road then and you know the lads will cover and, and uh, we'll get ready to go during the week you know obviously we, there's 20s games on as well so there's plenty of distractions and there's plenty of other stuff going on but even just to have that hour yesterday and just sit back relax chill out and uh, and take pride in what we've done and pack that today and move on then you know so what's division four been like like do you think that for you and the teams that you've played against has the most important football of the year already been played now i mean and and maybe even you look at the final and say it's the final kind of like a bonus as opposed to something that you aim towards and desperately try and win next next saturday evening well, I suppose there's two things about that. Month. How have I found? Uh, how have I found Division Four? I found it unbelievably competitive. Um, I found the way, even the way teams were set up. I mean, just to to, to negotiate and navigate around that, has, especially with one tra- a lot of times with one training session in between and try and fit all that stuff in is 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 tough. It is tough going, and I do understand, and I've been there. Analyzing games, talking about games, and completely, you know, ignoring what was going on in Division Four. And believe me, it is it is cutthroat down there. And uh, you know, any sort of slip up, and the teams down there have the capability of taking advantage of that. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is, um, like we play a championship um, on the 9th of April uh, in Ockram against Carlo. So as much as this weekend is is a is a brilliant opportunity and a great game, and you know. Park and all that. Yes, we're going to go and try and win the game. But like, if there is somebody who is, you know, struggling a little bit, and to play them would be detrimental to their 
to their hopes of playing in the championship the following week, then they won't play. So I suppose that's the only um, that's the only thing that's maybe different to to going and having a bit of a uh, a bit of a cut off of Sligo at the weekend. If there's anybody who isn't, you know, 100, percent they won't play because we will want them the following week. So in that regard, I understand what you're saying. Uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of what we are trying to achieve, you know, has now been achieved, but. We are lucky in one respect in that, like the Talchin Cup doesn't start until the middle of May, and really that's the next thing we have to be one hundred percent properly ready for. But like you know, we will be, we will be trying to win every game along the way, and and the Carroll game is important to us because you know uh, winning builds confidence. It's a good habit to be in, and we're used to that now over the last number of weeks, and, and we want to try and keep that going. But um, yeah, there's, a, there's I suppose as much as we will be going all out at the weekend, there's also if somebody's a, you know has a niggle or somebody's not 100%, they won't play because we want them the following week. You mentioned how Division 4 is is often ignored and you know yesterday was the most dramatic by a mile of the divisions. It was, it was five teams, I think still in with a chance. The sligo Leitrim game got really good coverage on the Sunday game but that was it. I was waiting because of you. I was, I was waiting to see oh, a bit of Ushi and see how the celebrations. See, did he keep his composure on the final whistle, all that kind of stuff and there was nothing there. You know, there was, there, there, there was nothing from the Wicklow game. Um, I, I don't know, it's hard for, and it's not just that, it's, it's also you would think if games were spread, I think Eamon Fitzmaurice made this suggestion again in the examiner that he doesn't see why all the divisions are finishing at basically the same time on the same day. Whereas if you spread them out over the weekend, it might be easier for TV companies to spread their resources better, journalists to get to games, to, to different games around the country. Is that a, a fairly obvious solution? Yeah. The one thing that I would have said was like, I mean, as, as well as all that, I mean, like there should be a program completely devoted to to to, to the final day of the league. I mean, and I, I'm not just saying that because you know because we were in the position we were in, but I'm saying it because it's a missed. I, as far as I'm concerned, I've said this for a number of years. Is I think it's a missed opportunity because it is probably the most dramatic uh, day of the year, and we should be making probably a lot more of it. I mean, well, sorry, what do you mean by a, by a, I mean, what do you mean by a, by a program, a live program that? That does things, or do you mean? Because the highlights, yeah, obviously yeah, show, like a live like, stuff, right? Like a soccer, a soccer, yeah. a soccer, a soccer Saturday type type setup, yeah. where you know you're following uh, the twists and the turns and everything. I mean, like I'll always remember, um, not fondly, but I'll always remember the Aguero moment. And and for <laughs> a lot of people, you know, they are the sort of that's the sort of day that. Uh, is etched in people's minds, um, and I think there's a. We always have the possibility of that happening in the final day of the of the national league. Um, maybe not to those dramatic proportions, but we always have an opportunity for that on the final day of the league with the with the different permutations up and down the different divisions and. Like we're missing an opportunity. I mean, that if we're going to promote our games rather than trying to manufacture something, we have something there. Like just, just do it. And as far as you know, the coverage from Division Four, I understand that. The um, I've been there. I've been the other side of the camera. Like you know, and I understand that you can't cover every single game. And and uh, and I don't get too upset over that. But as I say, I just feel from a GA point of view, it is a bit of a missed opportunity in that last day of the league. Yeah, I've I've no idea why why it doesn't happen either, to be honest. Um, because I mean, I was in uh, Salt Hill yesterday, and you know, so you're you're that's 
Division One, your you, you the Division One uh, results get read out and all the rest, uh, like their halftime scores and middle of the second half scores and stuff like that because it matters. But for people watching at home, I mean, Galway and Kerry was just you know like the importance of the league was diminishing the later into the league Division One goes, and yet Division One still gets all of this coverage, all of this attention, and I get that as well. It's like that's absolutely fair enough in a lot of ways, but it's just one of these scenarios where. Uh, as I was saying earlier, this is unbelievably important. And Andy Moore has been trying for two years to get Lee out. He twice, two times in a row now, he's fallen just short. And this is this is the stuff that really matters at this time of year. And it doesn't get the it just doesn't get that bounce, you know. Yeah, and I've always wanted to be part of a split screen operation, but uh, yeah. I, just, I just I haven't made it. There. I haven't quite made it there yet. But yeah, there's a, it, it's a, it, it feels like a missed opportunity. And and as as much as you know, certain things don't feel that important to other people. I mean, it still has that element of drama, and and we probably, as I say, should just make a little bit more of it. It's an opportunity mm-hmm. missed. Uh, so you have Carlo in Ockram on Sunday week. Uh, it is as we've been talking about the the league final. If you win that, it's Kildare next up, and let's face it, they haven't exactly been tearing it up this year either. So then it's Dublin, and they're so desperate, Ushin. They're recalling lads in their forties. So who knows where this year is going to end? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wish I could recall somebody like like him, um, <laughs> but no, he's uh, like I I don't know where that came out of. I, I didn't actually see that happening. I uh, I suppose we we have actually had a good opportunity to see a bit more of the dubs because obviously we played them in the Bourne Cup and then uh, we played them actually in a challenge match you know they're um, they're I suppose what what you would count their second team we played their second team in, in Blessing and won Tuesday night um, as well during during we felt as if we had a lot of players who weren't getting any football and we had the opportunity to see them and like as much as Dublin you know haven't exactly I would say people were have been less than impressed with what Dublin have done but there's there's a nice bit of stuff happening behind the scenes there with Dublin as well. So like I wouldn't just be wouldn't just be writing Dublin off just yet. But the the, the Cluxon one was a strange one, and uh, but it it probably only seems strange to everybody outside of that camp. But it seemed it just they just seemed to get on with what was going on yesterday, and he seems to just get on with it, and he doesn't take a fidget at him. So. Yeah, but if I'm the other goalkeepers, I'm I'm thinking, oh, oh Jesus, like we've had years waiting for these opportunities and, and now he's back. Is, is there any chance that could be detrimental or would it somebody as iconic and influential as Stephen Cluxon, <clears throat> do you have to just manage that situation and, and the, keep, the other keepers have to suck it up? Yeah, I think they have to suck it up. I think there's two things. I think you're right. I think <clears throat> it has the opportunity, it has the, the possibility of... Um, of unnerving, you know, the, the, the goalkeepers actually, I feel, has done really, really well. Um, but uh, also, I think the flip side of that is, and I think the, the fact that it is Stephen Cluxon will weigh heavier on on, uh, on, a, on a positive side than it will on anything, any negative connotations that could happen from him coming back back in so uh, I'm just interested now to see does he play you know like when they line out in the first round of the championship you know is, is that who we're going to is that who um, teams are going to be facing in goals well I presume so, so. Yeah. I think that's the most uh, interesting yeah. thing he's hardly well, hardly, he's, he's already going to come back to be a substitute is he you just wouldn't know you just wouldn't know it's Stephen Cluxon. Anything is possible <laughs> and you know he can get free taking uh, lessons from uh, Wicklow's Mark Jackson who I saw became, I think, the third goalie to become to score over 100 points in the league and championship this season. So listen, the answers to all of Dublin Dublin's problems lie south, just south of the border there. 
in uh, in <laughs> County Wicklow. But congratulations, Ushin. We're we're all delighted for you here. So well done. Yeah, that was well absolutely done, brilliant. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Lovely. Ush, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a mil. All right, guys. Look after yourselves. Modern day coaching. What is it all about? Paralysis by analysis. Infiltrated by a load of spoofers and bluffers. Fellas with earpieces stuck in their ears. Psychologists, Clive Woodworth, statisticians, dietitians, and as Mick O'Connell alluded to, God save us. We got a great reaction from World Service members to the Marvin Gaye chat from last week. We covered the little known story of Gaye's time as a boxing manager when one of his fighters fought against Sugar Ray Leonard. Dean Feeney has said, thank you so much for the piece on Marvin. I had no idea about the boxing connection. Like Murph, I was also first exposed to what's going on as a 14 year old living in Backwater, Ireland. Backwater. Yeah, I don't think you describe Milltown as Backwater, Murph, just to be No, I don't think, I, don't think I did. I don't think I did. That's not the sort of thing I. <laughs> not the sort of thing I'd say on. Yeah, just to add to Murph's comments about how the recording of what's going on features some of the Detroit Lions talking at the start, which is a point you were making, Murph. They were trying to get a kind of party atmosphere mm. going on the record. So and that also ties in with Marvin Gaye's love of sport as well. He had some Detroit Lions players. He he actually worked out for the Lions or tried out for the Lions at one stage. But anyway. Uh, Dean goes on. There's an infamous story about one of the musicians who played on the album, the great Jamie Jamerson, a legendary Detroit jazz session player. Marvin really wanted him on the bass for what's going on. So when they were recording, he went and found him playing in a Detroit club, yanked him off the stage and kidnapped him to come play at the studio. Jamerson was blind drunk, ended up playing the bass line of what's going on while lying on his back with his eyes closed. It's now regarded as one of the best bass lines in the history of recorded music. Paul McCartney would later reference Jamerson as one of his idols and many great bass players have tried and failed to emulate that bass line even while sober. It's a cracker of a story. Just wanted to flag it for Murph's attention. So there you have it, Murph. That adds to your canon of Marvin Gaye stories. Yeah. I'm telling you, it's it, it it all goes into the, the rich tapestry on. I don't know that much about Marvin Gaye. You know, I mean, I, I kind of feel like I may have like maxed out on how much I know about Marvin Gaye last week. I mean, keep them coming. Keep all of the Marvin yeah, Gaye yeah, facts yeah, coming. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, well, you know, I mean, in I, fairness, I, I feel like my inf- my information about Marvin Gaye is like, you know, a, a mile wide and an inch thick. You know, that kind of way. So yeah, keep them yeah. coming. All, 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 all stupid, ridiculous anecdotes. Uh, welcome in this corner. There seems to be a lot of love for the Motown Week idea, so we might be coming back to Marvin Gaye in due course for the time mm. being. Thanks, Murph. Thank you, Owen. Thanks, Ken. Thank you, Owen. And thank you, Kieran. Thank you, Ken. I just mixed it up there. Sorry, Ken. I know, and I, I threw you on and I threw you as well, Ken. I'm sorry. I'll back to normal tomorrow. Nah, that's all right. Thanks for listening. Ireland vs. France show is tomorrow for World Service members. You can listen to that pod ad-free if you sign up. Second Captain's Podcast is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Network. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home. They never go home. They never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sports important. 
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love. And be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms.